Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined by Jordan Climack once again. And, and Jordan, I know we were hit with a snowstorm here in Chicago, uh, you know, yesterday and this morning. It sounds like uh, the, the same is happening for you in Cleveland now. Yeah, I made its way over here. Um, I'm basically snowed into my house right now. Uh, wasn't allowed to go in the studio today for work, so... Yeah, basically snowed in here, man. It's like the second crazy snowstorm that we've gotten in like two weeks here. So it's pretty brutal. Um, it sucks. It's ice. That was the thing with it, too. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it started off as freezing rain. And so we have like a coat of ice underneath like six inches of snow right now. It's it's terrible, man. I'm, I'm ready for warm weather. Yeah, February is about that time, both in Cleveland and Chicago. It's, month. it's It's gray. It's it's cold still, and you're like, all right, I'm I'm over it. I'm ready yeah. to move on. Uh, and, and and of course, unfortunately for Browns fans, that's also usually the the beginning of the Browns off season, or, or you know, one one of the first couple of weeks because we have yet to make it to uh, an important February game. Uh, hopefully, we will be one of those teams one day here soon. But in the meantime, Jordan, all we have to talk about is the off season drama, and there was plenty of it over uh, the last week or so, really over the last couple of days, and in particular with this this Hugh Jackson, Brian Flores uh, story. So Brian Flores, uh, you know, if, if people didn't see it for one reason or another, filing a class action lawsuit against the NFL for, for both their hiring practices as far as discriminating against black head coaches, but also uh, he, he brought up in there that, that the Dolphins paid him for tanking. And then Hugh Jackson, tacked on yeah. replying to that tweet saying, Oh, the Browns did the same thing for me. And there was immediately a lot of concern among Browns fans. What does this mean? Are they going to get punished? Would there be draft picks involved? Whatever, whatever Jordan. And then Hugh Jackson went on ESPN yesterday and, it, it, and it just in true Hugh Jackson form didn't seem like uh, he was exactly talking about the same thing that Brian Flores was. Yeah, and, and and that was my whole thing with this. It was like it just seems so disingenuous, so bandwagony of Hugh to, you know. And and let's call it for what it is. Brian Flores had legitimate beef with the NFL. He brought a issue in the you know to the forefront in this lawsuit about the you know discrimination in the NFL, the lack of diversity in hiring, and you know, and I think that's a real thing. I think it's a real issue. I think it's a real problem that the NFL has to deal with. So I commend Brian Flores for what he's done and basically sacrificing the rest of his career because, look, it's going to be hard to get a job in the NFL when you're suing the NFL, right? I mean, it's just kind of how things work. So he's kind of sacrificing the rest of his career for the greater good. And then Hugh Jackson sees it and like, hey, didn't he mention something about tanking in there? Hey, that happened to me too. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, it, it's just, it, it's a bad look. And it's a distraction and it's taking away from the true stuff that Brian Flores is trying to accomplish in his lawsuit. And it's, again, bad look. Um, I'm not surprised because it seems like once a year we have to go through this Hugh Jackson cycle of him, you know, this pity party of this, that and the other. And then he goes on, as you mentioned, goes on SportsCenter and straight up is asked if he was offered money to tank. And he's like, well, you know, it was a four year plan. And it's like, dude, two different things. There's two different things of being offered $100,000 to lose games and then, hey, a four-year plan of like, hey, this is a rebuild. Two totally different things, and really I'm sick of it. I'm annoyed with it, and I thought it was very disingenuous yesterday from Hugh Jackson. 
Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, I, you brought it up and I and I think it's actually interesting to, uh, you know, Brian Flores's case, you know, there's only one black head coach in the NFL right now. I think it's pretty clear yeah. that there's an issue there. I think it's pretty clear that that black head coaches don't get the same leeway that that white head coaches do. Brian Flores being fired after his last two seasons with the Dolphins being as good as they were. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. But that's that's a separate issue. I do think there's something interesting to note. The Browns, of course, have a black general manager and Andrew Barry and just had another minority hiring uh, out of their front office uh, over to Minnesota as well. So the, the Browns have a, a couple things, uh, you know, that they've actually contributed to as far as the diversity in the NFL. Again, overall, it's an overall problem, but you, you brought it up. I mean, Hugh Jackson here, it was just like, okay, this is, there's a fundamental distinction between organizations rebuilding and not considering wins and losses, the primary thing at the moment, which I think everybody in Cleveland was aware of at the time, fans, media, players alike. I mean, they tra- at one point they had traded away every person, I think over the age of 30 on the roster. So like yeah. every, everybody knew that this was happening. And he was like, oh, and then they weren't measuring our success based off wins. Like, Hugh, I don't think you wanted your success measured off yeah. of wins, man. Like, it, it is- wasn't going well for you. It's just funny because he basically went on Sports Center to double down on everything that we already knew. Basically, exactly. he, essentially, if you watched that interview on Sports Center last night, basically what he said was the Browns didn't have a roster that would translate to winning. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what he said. Yeah. It's like, is that breaking news? No, you go through the roster. Anyone like, look, we had Joe Thomas was on a um, uh, on, on a really big show here today, you know, on, on ESPN Cleveland. And he basically said like, if you're a player, you look around and you see like Alex Mack getting cut, right? Like this guy getting cut, uh, Mitchell Schwartz getting let go. Like all these guys, like you start, like, you know, right. Like you're not dumb, you know, what's going on around you. And it's whether you want to stick around for that or not. So like, I don't understand why he, Hugh Jackson was acting like this was some sort of like brand new revelation that he brought to the forefront yesterday. And it's also, you know, there's again a difference between the the organizational philosophy and, and you know p- actually paying coaches and players to not give their full effort like right like there's one thing if you're like okay we need to restructure this roster you know to accumulate assets for the future you know all that kind of organizational big you know big picture stuff like that that, that teams are doing more and more but there's a, a huge distinction between that and then telling the actual players to go out there or coaches and say, don't give it your all. Right. Because that's where it's like, okay, you're endangering the people on the field. You know, there's, there's also questions of integrity when you get to, you know, the whole idea of the sport as being competition. There's questions with this, you know, the integrity when it comes to gambling, which is now legal in so many States. And and I know it's something you and I both participated. So uh, there's a huge difference there. And for you to act like they were the same thing. And and I felt bad for Brian Flores because I was like, Okay, this guy's now on SportsCenter and, and mumbling and bumbling and not presenting a very good case for what he's talking about. And I felt like it undermined uh, what Brian Flores was talking about. Like, I wish Hugh Jackson wasn't the first you know, person to join him just because it was like, oh, wait, this is not this is not it. This is not. It just seemed it, it seemed like and I'm not even saying it was this, but it seemed like he was trying to stay relevant. You know what I mean? And it's just like. 100%. Look, you're a head coach at Grambling State. Like, worry about your football team. Worry about getting ready. Worry about recruiting. Yeah. Like, what, what do you have? And, 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 you know, he's been on our airwaves talking about how he has this book where he's going to, uh, you know, have these big secrets revealed about his time times in Cleveland. 
And it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot of nonsense, Henry, that like I try and, you know, stay away from, but like, it's hard. You can't like, you know, if you're part of the Browns media outlet, you got to talk about it. It's, it's tough to do, but I just think it's funny how this whole thing started on Twitter again, right. With like Hugh Jackson responding to someone on Twitter about his time in Cleveland. And it's just like, for, you know, he's not a part of the organization anymore, but it seems like every single week there's something new happening with the Cleveland that involves the Cleveland Browns on social media, whether it be a player announcing he's leaving, a family member tweeting this, someone doing that, Hugh Jackson. Like, it's something every day with his team. And I, quite frankly, I'm getting tired of it. I, I, I'm worn out from it. Um, this is the kind of – it seems like we almost haven't been able to flip the page to next year yet. And, and things from the past that keep getting brought back up like this, like this was four years ago and we're still talking about it. Yeah. And, you know, Sasha Brown's not even, you know, the, the, the GM of the team anymore. Like it seems like the Washington wizards or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It it is time to move on Jordan and, and, and let's do that. Let's flip the page to next season because I think the, the, uh, you know, a little bit of an under the radar story, I guess, because I didn't see a lot of people talking about it was, you know, Kenny Pickett in his senior bowl press conference the other day mentioned that the Browns were one of the first teams he talked to Jordan, uh, in, in, you know, as he starts this draft process, you know, what, what was your reaction to that? Well, my initial reaction was kind of just like, I needed to acquire more information. And by saying that, I mean, I'm not 100% sure of the ins and outs of the senior bowl, how it works, how involved GMs and the scouting are with each player. So I kind of divert to the people that know more than me in those situations. And yesterday I talked to Tony Grossi, who we know been on the Browns beat for, you know, 30 years. And he basically said like this, I I asked him straight up, like, Hey, is this like, should we read into this? Is this just kind of commonality in, in these, in these settings? And he basically was like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's due diligence. It's every team's going to talk to them. It's, you know, there's like a basic, basically what it is, is like these, these prospects, those guys at the senior bowl were kind of like, they'll be stationed in one area. Like one team will come see them. And then the next team comes. It's almost like an assembly line of teams waiting to like talk to someone. So I, I, I understand, you know, how, if you're a Browns fan, you can see that and be like, huh, all the quarterback issues this year, this is interesting. But really at the end of the day, I think it probably was just some due diligence on the, on a part of the Browns front office. I'd agree with that. I think, you know, we, we see this stuff all the time. Like I know Russell Wilson made a big deal out of the fact that like the Seahawks went to like Josh Allen's pro day and yeah. he was apparently offended by that, which makes no sense. That's a whole other tangent to go on. But, uh, you know, th- it seems like in general, you know, teams do this sort of due diligence all the time just because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, uh, you know, the the only thing I would say, I guess, is, you know, do, do you think there's any chance that that the Browns take a quarterback at some point during the draft? Like, is it, you know, like a day two or day three uh, type of guy? I don't know. Um it's tough to say. I think it's a possibility. I don't think it's definitely something that would be considered in, in the early rounds of the draft. Right. But, and, and then you get into the conversation of would it even make sense in the later round at that point? Um, I know you can point to the success that Andrew Barry's had in later rounds in the past and say like, Hey, maybe he could find someone, but there at the same time, I, I think there's, you know, bigger needs for this football team that you could find in those later rounds that, you know, you can say, Hey, we need you to contribute next year, maybe. And they're able to do that. Um, I, and again, too, like, not that we should be catering to the mindset of Baker Mayfield, but I just, I wonder what that would do to his psyche, which already seemed like it was damaged this year to bring in another quarterback and basically say like, Hey, this guy is your replacement and he's going to replace you quicker than you think. 
if you can't produce, right? So like, I, I just don't know if that's the right thing to do to a guy in that situation. Um, so I, from those, co- from those, for those reasons, I think that I, I don't think the Browns make a move at quarterback in this draft. And let's be honest, this is one of the weaker quarterback drafts we've seen in a while. So there aren't going to really be those, you know, in, in, in drafts in the previous years, you see like runs on quarterbacks, right? Like the first quarterback goes, then all of a sudden the, the, the rest of them start to fall off the board. I don't know if we're going to see that in this draft. And I don't think there's going to be a huge play on quarterback. So in that case, I, I think the Browns do not look at quarterback in the draft this year. Yeah, I don't think they will either. I mean, maybe if there's somebody that Andrew Barry is in love with, uh, you know, later that that they see as like, a, you know, really honestly somebody that's probably going to be a backup for this team because I do mm-hmm. think there's a chance they move off of Case Keenum, uh, you know, for this upcoming season. But yeah, I mean, basically everything I've heard from, you know, draft scouts that I trust, they're super down on this quarterback class, even more so I think than some of the like ESPN type of guys. You know, I, I was listening to Jordan Reed talk about some of them. Uh, this guy, Theo Ash, who's part of Blue Wire. I mean, they're really down on a lot of these guys. And they've been awful at the Senior Bowl, too. Kenny Pickett, horrible practice yesterday. Malik Willis, apparently, horrible practice yesterday. So the only thing I could see is, like, somebody with, like, Malik Willis potential falls to, like, the third round. Like, do the Browns think about it? But I'm with you. The, the team dynamics, the fact that they have other roster holes, you know, I think – Really, the names people should be paying attention to at the Senior Bowl are like the you know the D tackles, like Neil Farrell right. from LSU, who's going to be like a day two prospect, or like Travis Jones from UConn. Like apparently, those guys are lighting it up and like could be Cleveland Browns next year. Uh, you know, those are the type of guys that, that if I was paying attention to Senior Bowl coverage, which I am a little bit, you know, here and there, uh, that, that I'd be focusing on. I just I'm I'm with you. I find it hard pressed to believe that the Browns are are going to pull the the trigger on a quarterback this year. And are you under the impression at all that there would be, you know, maybe not a Kenny Pickett. I think he's kind of the, uh, the assumption as like the first quarterback off the board in that draft, but we hear like things about the Liberty quarterback and, and, you know, maybe even Matt Corral, Um, like are any of those guys that you look at and say, Hey, maybe this guy can turn into something. Cause I I haven't had that moment yet with one of those guys Uh, admittedly. So I haven't done probably the, my due diligence as uh, in terms of like deep diving on them, but I, I don't see anything yet that, you know, would, you know, warrant a trade up for the Browns or anything along those lines for Pickett or really any other of those guys. None at all. So, you know, a a little insight, you know, just so happens my roommate went to Pitt. And so I actually have seen a ton of Kenny Pickett. Uh, I would absolutely not want him on the Browns. I, I, I am not a Kenny Pickett believer. Uh, I am not a Matt Corral believer. I watched plenty of games from him this year. I've seen a, a, only two games from Malik Willis, uh, neither of which are very impressive either. And again, everything I read about Malik Willis or watch is that he is got some major, major flaws, you know, some, uh, you know, uh, of course, tremendous physical upside too, which is why people are talking about him. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think the Browns should take a quarterback. I don't want the Browns to take a quarterback. I'm not even I, Jordan. I can tell you right now, I'm not even going to do my due diligence on the quarterbacks yeah. this year. I, I started watching tape of those D tackles after I saw them popping off at the senior bowl. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to focus on the quarterbacks. Frankly, the only reason, you know, I'm slightly interested in them. And this is where I want to go next is the Pittsburgh Steelers need a quarterback and they're in our division. And so I think, you know, this is, that's really where I'm paying attention to the quarterback carousel more than anything right now is look, you've got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, where I think the Steelers are the third favorite to land him behind Denver being number one and Green Bay being number two. 
Uh, you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, who basically in his exit press conference with the 49ers media made it very clear that he's not going to yeah. be back next season. Uh, you know, and, and then there are reports that maybe Pittsburgh's just considering going with one of their, you know, backups on the team, like Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins for next year as well. So, you know, as, as, as a Browns fan, you know, which of those options scares you the most and, and which of those options would you most want the Steelers to, to opt with and include, the, you know, a rookie, I guess, as part of those that I just laid out? Yeah, I mean, I think the most obvious one, and I'm saying like in terms of that would frighten me would be, you know, the signing of someone of an Aaron Rodgers type Russell Wilson type caliber, like one of those guys. If they look at the Steelers and say, hey, this team is ready to now maybe they're one quarterback piece away and you see a Rodgers or someone along those lines go to them and kind of they don't really miss a beat. In fact, they probably gained something because Ben's been on the downside for a handful of years now. That is, I mean, by far, in my opinion, the scariest option. I don't think it's likely, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. so I'm not too frightened about it. Um, the one thing that I would be totally fine with, and, and the other thing we have to consider with the Steelers, too, is, I mean, they haven't been in a situation like this for 18 years or so, right? I mean, yeah. so there's no precedent for how they're going to handle this situation, uh, what they're going to try and do. I think that if they don't land that big name Aaron Rodgers type guy, it might make sense for them to kind of just roll with the punches with Mason Rudolph for a year, um, see what you have in him. I know it's not going to be good. We've seen him enough to say, hey, it's not going to be pretty. But maybe, you you know, you lose some games next year, you get the, the, a good draft pick, and then you kind of, you know, get into the quarterback drafting situation next year with a better class than this year. I think that might be the most logical situation for them. And I think that would probably leave them somewhere definitely below 500 on their record. So that's probably the best case scenario for them. And I think the most likely and logical, and I think they're a logical franchise and, and will approach this off season with logic. So that's kind of where I sit on the, uh, on the, on the Steelers forefront. For me, I am actually slightly worried that the Steelers are going to end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, and I wouldn't want you, that. You're worried about that. Yeah. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why I'm worried about that. Cause I, I have many times on this podcast made the point that I don't want the Browns to, <laughs> yeah, to bring in Jimmy say. Garoppolo, but here's, here's the issue for me. Um, you know, Rogers would be scary in the short term. Absolutely. Now he's probably only a solution for a maximum of two more years, but you know, it, we all know what Aaron Rodgers is, right? Like, I think we can all agree. We don't want that. Um, yeah. The thing that scares me about Jimmy Garoppolo is the, the roster that the Steelers currently have is, to me, just as good as the 49ers roster this last season. I mean, they, it, different. They, they clearly don't have the offensive line that the 49ers do, but they've got weapons all over the place on, on offense. They've got a fantastic defense for the most part, especially in the front seven. And Jimmy Garoppolo with those receivers, all of a sudden, uh, you know, as I said, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a material enough upgrade over Baker to warrant the Browns adding him. But all of a sudden there's a legitimate question of, do the Browns have the fourth best quarterback in the division? And that's not a place that I want to be. And, and so to me, the best case scenario is actually because I just brought it up is I want them to draft one of the rookies this year. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, I don't think they will, but that would be my preference only because. But do you they think would, they would, if they did draft a picket, if they drafted Mac Burrell, I don't think he's starting from day one. So I think it's kind of a combination of it would be a Rudolph and a role with that rookie guy when he's ready. Yeah. The, 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 but the reason I want them to draft him this year is number one, I'm not a believer in the quarterbacks. Number two is 
that if they don't, if they just roll with Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, whatever, I expect them to be worse than the Browns next year. And then, yeah. you know, if the Browns are in the market for a quarterback, number one, well, that's an issue. Number two, the quarterbacks next year are a lot better. So that's the other thing is I don't want the Steelers to get one of those guys. I guess the question would be like, do you think that Jimmy G would be a significant upgrade over Ben? I do. I mean, that's the thing is Ben was bad last year. Like he was, he was bad, but he also had moments where he like had no business making a play to help them win a game. Right. And like, I think that's kind of been the bugaboo of Jimmy's career. Like, Hey, you haven't really made the play to like have this, you know, go back to that game against the Rams didn't make the big play in that game. Right. In fact, he made the boneheaded play in that game. So like, I think there's still that difference in that element to it. That that's fair. I just, I look at Chase Claypool. I look at Deontay Johnson and I'm like, you know, if they had a better quarterback, I'm, I'm not so sure I, I I really want to have to deal with that twice a year. And I don't think the rest of the AFC North does either. So, again, you know, Jimmy is not – he is not an amazing quarterback by any means. But as far as next season, I think, you know, if, if the Browns, you know, are up against Garoppolo, Lamar, and Joe Burrow like that, that's a significant challenge all of a sudden that I'm worried they're they're going to be going into a lot of games with, with the worst quarterback, which is not a position I want to be in. Hopefully, you know, that that could be mitigated, number one, by Baker just being better. But hopefully that won't happen either way. I, I'm, I kind of am with you. I think they're going to roll with the backup and, and kind of be bad. The only thing is they, their GM, Kevin Colbert, this is basically his last draft. And then he said he's moving he on. He said he's so, stepping on, right? Like, yeah. So I wonder if he is there for them to take a quarterback and, and, and kind of go through that process, uh, you know, and, and they feel more comfortable that way. Or I, if I they want a new GM to just take over and with a, the deck reset. I, I weirdly enough think that that announcement kind of lends me to think that they won't take a quarterback just based off the fact that like we see it all the yeah, time, maybe. right? A new front office comes in. There's a quarterback there that was a high draft pick that wasn't their guy. And so they're quicker to move on from that situation so if that's the case, I, I, you know, I don't know why you would want Kevin Colbert to draft a guy and then walk out the door, bring in a new GM, and maybe the new GM didn't want to draft that guy or had a different quarterback in mind. I, I just think that's a weird, some weird territory to get into. But mm-hmm. I do think that the Steelers will hire their new GM in-house. So maybe the philosophies will be similar. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, uh, that's a fair point. That Maybe that means they'll just wait and reset the deck. I don't know. It's just – that's really what I'm following for. It's like, hey, what are, what are the Steelers going to do? Because, the, yeah. you know, the big thing with Aaron Rodgers today is the, the Broncos shifted to being the favorite in Vegas. Uh, and so a lot of people think that there's some sort of intel or just Vegas is reading the tea leaves that they hired Nathaniel Hackett. Yes. And that, you know, the, that Rodgers is leaning that direction, given the, the Packers. You know, the Packers have a ton of, of cap concerns this offseason and are going to likely lose some guys. So I don't know. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, as I said, I hope Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. I hope he stays, you know, that's in the AFC, but at least slightly further away from the Browns, I guess the Packers would be the best option for the Browns. Uh, but you know, no matter what, I think him ending out of the AFC North is the best thing possible. Same with Russell Wilson for that well, matter. And, and don't you think for both of those guys too, I mean, look at the AFC. We, we talk about, it, right. You know, you got still have Mahomes, Joe Burrow, just beat Mahomes. Justin Herbert on the rise, Josh Allen up there as well. Like there are a lot, a lot of good quarterbacks and good teams in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Flip that over to the NFC. That's not the conversation. The NFC is a lot more wide open than the AFC is. So if that's the case, and if you're one of those Rodgers or Wilson, why not stay in the NFC, right? If you're in Rodgers, why don't you look at San Francisco 49er situation and say, 
I grew up rooting for this team. I think that, I mean, they almost got to the Super Bowl last year with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. I could take them to the Super Bowl. I could win that Super Bowl and ride out kind of on top. Um, so I, I just, I, I, I think that at the end of the day, we're going to see those guys, if they were smart at least, stick around the NFC. I think so, but the, you know, again, it seems like people are thinking yeah. Rogers is going to go to the Broncos. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me either. I don't, but this is just as simple as like, there's nothing to it other than they hired, and 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 that might even just be a long shot. Like if you're the Broncos and you're living on the prayer of hiring the Packers' offensive coordinator was going to land your Aaron Rodgers, like good luck, you know. Yeah, maybe. They, I mean, it's just you you add up the dots of the, you know, a team has to have this, the cap space to sign them. They obviously have to not have a quarterback. You know, San Francisco makes sense, but they also have Trey Lance. So, you know, are you know, are they ready to usher in the Trey Lance era? I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm with you. Uh, but if Aaron Rodgers ends up in the AFC, man, the, the AFC is going to be loaded with quarterbacks next season. <laughs> Yeah, especially the AFC North, too, man. Stay, like, if you can come to the AFC North, come to us. Don't go to the Steelers. I don't want to yeah, Please stay away. Yeah, that, <laughs> that division is going to, you know, Rodgers, Mahomes, Herbert, and Carr would be. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's disgusting. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Think about where you know. were in the NFC North, right? Think about yeah. that. How I don't know if Aaron Rodgers understands. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he understands how lucky he's been that Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford have been. You know, the exactly. second and then, and then whatever the hell the Bears have been trying to do at quarterback for the last God knows how many years. So, yeah, I don't know. Who knows, man? All right, Jordan, I think we can we can wrap it up there. Uh, you know, not too much else to discuss. We'll get into the free agency uh, starting next week, I think, uh, as well as maybe a little Super Bowl talk just because it's fun. Uh, and, yeah. and, and the AFC North rival, uh, the Bengals are in it. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, we'll just keep rolling along here this offseason. And, and, you know, we're in a little bit of a, a dead period right now. So we might have some fun on the podcast. We'll see. I got to say, I got to say real quick. Yeah, Browns players. I'm not saying Browns fans, Browns players. Stay off of Twitter. <laughs> I, I think it's good for everybody to, to yeah, yeah you're probably right it's a toxic <laughs> place all righty that'll do it for the podcast everybody in the meantime you can follow jordan at j underscore climac 20 me at henry underscore ettinger and we'll talk to you next week until then two words for you go browns